This service of Holy Communion was recorded live at St. Peter's by the Sea Episcopal Church in Narragansett, Rhode Island. Father Craig Swan, presiding. Good morning, and welcome to St. Peter's by the Sea this morning for our 1015 service that starts promptly at 1015 Episcopal time, which is about five minutes later. Before we begin our service this morning, just a couple of quick announcements. Um, first, believe it or not, after basically a year, we are having our 
Brothers Keepers concert series begin again. It will begin a week from Wednesday. Uh, tickets are available through our website. If you go on to our calendar and click on the date of the event, you will find a link to buy tickets through Eventbrite. If you receive the ENET, you get a link in your ENET every week. So pull up an ENET. Yes, ma'am. It starts at 7 p.m. We were missing that. You are correct. So uh, it, they are all three are at 7 p.m. This one coming up a week from Wednesday is Jody DeSalvo and um, the Rhode Island Piano Trio, which she's part of. And the music ranges from classical to country fiddling. It should be a fun concert. I encourage everyone to um, find a friend and bring them with you. And again, tickets are $25, available through Eventbrite. Links are available through our calendar and through the eNet. Also on the event site on our Facebook page. Lots of places to find the link to buy tickets. On that note, I invite everyone to please stand and join in singing hymn 525 found in our blue hymnals.
Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. And let us say together, glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer, for you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, the fountain of all wisdom, you know our necessities before we ask and our ignorance in asking. Have compassion on our weakness and mercifully give us those things for which we, for our unworthiness, we dare not, and for our blindness, we cannot ask. Through the worthiness of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. A reading from the second book of Samuel. Now when the king was settled in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, See now, I am living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David. Thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now, therefore, thus, you shall say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be prince over my people Israel, and I have been with you wherever you went and had cut off your enemies from before you. 
And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people, Israel, and will plant them so that they may live in their own place and be disturbed no more. And evildoers shall afflict them no more as formerly from time that I appointed judges over my people, Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come forth from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The psalm we will read in unison. I have found David my servant. With my, my holy, holy oil, oil have, have I anointed, anointed him. My hand will hold him fast, and my arm will make him strong. No enemy shall deceive him, nor any wicked man bring him down. I will crush his foes before him and strike down those who hate him. My faithfulness and steadfast love are with him, and he shall be victorious through my name. I shall make his dominion extend from the great sea to the river. He will say to me, you are my father, my God and the rock of my salvation. I will make him my firstborn and higher than the kings of the earth. I will keep my love for him forever and my covenant will stand firm for him. I will establish his line forever and his throne as the days of heaven. If his children forsake my law and do not walk according to my judgments, if they break my statutes and do not keep my commandments, I will punish their transgressions with a rod and their iniquities with a lash. But I will not take my love from him nor let my faithfulness prove false. I will not break my covenant, nor change what has gone out of my lips. Once for all I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. His line shall endure forever, and his throne as the sun before me. It shall stand fast forevermore like the moon, an abiding witness in the sky. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Ephesians. Remember that one time you Gentiles by birth, called the uncircumcision, by those who are called the circumcision, a physical circumcision made in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at the time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Jesus Christ, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. In his flesh has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall, that is, the hostility between us. He has abolished the law with his commandments and ordinances 
that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of two, thus making peace and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our sequence hymn this morning is 529. And we will read, or we will sing, the first three verses prior to the reading of the gospel. And as I try to find it, it's just, so we'll sing the first two verses prior to the reading of the gospel, the third one after. So I invite everyone to please stand and join in singing hymn 529, found in the blue hymnal. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. They said to them, he said to them, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him and rushed about that whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. 
And wherever he went, into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. About midway through my tenure working with the State of Connecticut's Children's Protection Division, better known as DCYF, I had the occasion where I had to travel with one of our young teenagers who was a ward of the state from where we were in Middletown by air to a very small village just north of New Brunswick, Maine, in Canada, to the tribal reservation of the Mi'kmaq Indians. And the reason for our travel was a sad one because it was to attend his father's funeral, whom had died in a Canadian prison. But the reason I share this story with you is because I was fascinated when I walked into the church for the funeral. From the outside and even from the inside, the church looked like any other church kind of built in the 19th century. But as one began to look at the paintings throughout the building, you began to notice something very different. The faces of the saints and of the divine were not European. They were very clearly the faces of the Mi'kmaq Indian people. And I thought about that, and I realized that it's not that far from the nativity sets that I have collected from my many different travels. And what's wonderful about nativity sets when you collect them from different countries is that the members of the Holy Family and those gathered round aren't dressed necessarily in basically Europe, medieval European dress or even the dress of Palestine of the day, but are depicted in the dress of the culture in which they were produced. My Mexican nativity, the people are dressed in native Mexican dress. The bamboo set my mother received from Taiwan are very much of an Eastern Asian look to them, and so forth and so on. And as I think about this phenomena of how cultures acculturate, or people acculturate the look of the Holy Family, I see two things going on. One is what actually Francis intended when St. Francis of Assisi created 
basically the first nativity set and placed it the holy family in the midst of the village of assisi a reminder to us as we prepare for christmas that god is coming to be physically there with us but the other phenomenon i see going on there is that there is this constant need on the part of humanity to somehow in order to relate to the godhead to make god look like us to make god in our image and from a relational standpoint that is absolutely wonderful because it gives us this ability to relate to the godhead in a way that we can comprehend but there's a downside to it and that downside is is that if we're not careful suddenly those images of god and christ that look like you and me begin to play in our own spirituality in which god becomes in our image we often forget that we are created in god's image and i love the line from genesis that is let us create humankind in our image both male and female and how is it that we are created in god's image now there's a whole half hour podcast coming out between the rabbi and myself so i'm just plugging the podcast right now shamelessly right ron and um, about what does it mean to be created in god's image in the image of god but that's another whole sermon where i'm going though is that as we create god and cr- begin to see god in our image we begin to lose a sense of what our relation with relationship with god is supposed to be suddenly we go from servants of god to beginning to move towards thinking maybe we are on an equal level with god kind of like our teenage children who at some point decide they're going to be cool and call us by our first names and think suddenly mom and dad and i are equals and we have to remind them that they're not I think we run that same risk as we begin to see God that looks like us. And what is the temptation of Eve that kind of put her over the top with the serpent to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? The ultimate temptation was so that you can be like God. And as we look through salvation history what we see consistently especially in the book of genesis is humanity trying to build its way up to god and literally we see that in the tower of babel and so as i look at this morning's old testament reading what we are beginning to see in the journey of king david who we've been following these last weeks is kind of david rising from shepherd boy to mighty warrior and now we have him as the king of the unified israel last week we heard how all 12 tribes have now become unified under one king we have brought the ark of the covenant into the city of david jerusalem and now we have david talking about building a temple 
and he says, I live in a house of cedar. I haven't done the research there, but I guess that was a pretty high and mighty thing to be able to live in a house of cedar. It must have smelled really good. But because I now have a permanent residence, and one that is on some level very grand by their standard, God should have that as well. And sort of the backstory, as one commentary said, so that God is living in an equal way to me. Because at this time, as we remember from last week, is the Ark of the Covenant is not in a building, but is protected basically by being in a tent, kind of in the center of the city. And here is the problem, because it's kind of weird, because you think God would say, Hooray, David, thank you so much for your generosity. You want to build me a place that's warm and cozy that I can reside in as the presence here among you. But but God's reaction to David is very different. As he talks to Nathan, what we hear him saying is, basically, how dare he feel like he has the right to make a decision where my ark or I am to reside? David has done one fatal thing here, or actually two maybe, but the basic one is he didn't think to ask God if God wanted a house of cedar too, which we often see in how people, as we do missionary work and things like that, we forget to ask the people we're there to serve what they actually want. So David never asked God, hey God, do you want a house of cedar like mine? And the presumptuousness of that was, I can assume I know what God wants and what God needs. In this story, what kind of the backstory is, as one commentator said, is suddenly David is no longer seeing himself as servant to God, but like those teenagers who wanted to use our first name as parents, he kind of sees himself, if not necessarily equal with God, beginning to move towards, is God becoming the servant of David? And I think for each and every one of us spiritually, that is one of the biggest struggles we have in our relationship with God especially for us who have such great control over our lives. We ultimately want that final control. Think about our basic prayers. I used to tell the kids that God is not a cosmic Santa Claus because the kids would pray, I want, I want, I want. We pray, please do this, do that, do the other, as if we have greater wisdom than God, as opposing to sitting with God and saying, thy will be done, and allowing ourselves quietly to discern what that means and what it is that God wants us to do. So it's very easy for us to forget that we are servants of God and not vice versa. And that is God's wisdom, which is far greater than ours, and God's knowledge, which is far greater than we can even imagine, that we bow to. And so we, like David, very easily assume this is what God wants, and this is what God should want. 
without remembering it is God who guides us, not the other way. What we will see as we continue in the David saga is as David becomes, in his own mind, mightier and more empowered, as he begins to shift in that relationship, suddenly the great king, the shepherd of the people, as Proverbs said, pride goes before a fall, his pride will lead him to a fall, as he begins now to assume he can have what he wants and how he wants it, regardless of the laws of God. And that will come up in a couple of weeks when David spies Uriah's wife and takes, him for, takes her for himself while Uriah is off to war. And from there we will begin to see the crumbling of Israel, for as we heard in today's reading, as long as David is understanding his role with God, Israel will flourish. But when that changes, Israel begins to fall. And I believe that's true for each and every one of our lives. When we fail to remember that our lives are here to do the will of God, to live as servants of our Lord and King, our lives begin to crumble. For no longer do we choose to live into the dream that God has ordained for us, but try to go our own path, which we think is better, and oftentimes fraught with roadblocks and problems, and we feel the earth begin to crumble as our lives go south. So this week, let us take a lesson from the story of King David and remember, it is God to whom we serve and not vice versa. Amen. I invite you to please stand and join in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father of the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. Grant that every member of the Church may truly and humbly serve you. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. Give to the departed eternal rest. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. In our parish cycle of prayer, we pray for Harry and Nancy Hanoyan, Nell Hanratty, Tom Kim and Zachary Hansen. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we pray for the Congregational Development Commission and those who support the work of our congregations. For all who have died in the communion of, her, of, of your church, we pray especially for Linda Osterhout, Norman Choppy, Dimitri Alexakos, Scott Newell, and for those whose faith is known to you alone, that with all the saints they may have rest in that place where there is no pain or grief, but life eternal. Let us pray to the Lord. And today we also give thanks for the marriage of Amy Togeman and Stephen Cargill, from whom the flowers are given. Lord, hear the prayers of your people and what we have asked faithfully grant that we may obtain effectually to the glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us.
Just a couple of quick liturgical notes before we continue with the Eucharist. For those who are visiting or back for the first time since we've reopened for COVID, our communion is done slightly differently and will probably continue well into the fall. Um, I was hoping that we'd go back to the rails soon, but right now with the way things are going, I think we'll stick to this pattern because it allows distancing um, and then when things finally fully subside, we'll go back to the rail, which means that we do it in a station from this point. I will have the bread and um, Patty will have the wine. <laughs> my, my scene, it was a late night last night. I had a wedding of 200 here yesterday, so it, I am not connecting. <laughs> Sorry, Patty, uh, who will be right here beside me. People are, are asked to come up to receive the bread. If you wish to receive the wine, just simply dip or intink your wafer in the wine and receive it. And then I ask everyone to continue the flow that way and down the side aisle and then back up. It's too difficult to have both side aisles going. So you come up the center and go down the side and then back up the center to your seat. Also, um, someone had mentioned to me there's a lot of handshaking going on during the piece now. Could we reinstate the um, hand sanitizing station? So I have placed that again back in the pews so that as you come up, if you wish to um, sanitize your hands, it's available right there. There's also sanitizer in the back of the church. All these wonderful things to have to think about today, but hopefully we'll continue this because these are good practices of hygiene, so we'll keep them going. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God.
The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. For by water and the Holy Spirit, you have made us a new people in Jesus Christ our Lord, to show forth your glory in all the world. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he'd given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask for your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Alleluia, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Please stand and join in singing hymn 493, Oh, for a thousand tongues to Thanks be to God.